0: I'm Rob Goodwin, a writer, director, and podcaster, and this is Deep South Humor and Heart. So spring is a renewal. It's so long to the shorter dark days of winter and the cold temps and blistery winds, spring brings hope to me because it's new beginnings. It generally lifts my spirit and improves my battle with depression. The green grass returns and the sunshine and warmer, longer days descend upon us. And also, you know, Easter reminds me of our good fortune as Christians. I have to tell you, though, I, I had a pretty rough winter myself Of course, the holidays are always a bit of a lift, and and I enjoy being with family and friends on those days. But there was a dark cloud that hung over me this year. The death of my dear friend, Amy Allen Kirk, shook me to the core. Uh, You may remember that Amy was a good co-host for me on the show. We had a lot of fun and laughter uh, on Deep South Humor and Heart, and our friendship spanned over 30 years. I know that her spirit lives on, and in mid-April, we'll be able to have a celebration of life in her honor. I also plan to do a special podcast with two of her best friends, Ellen Hurst and Kay Cunningham, and her two co-stars in the play, Honeysuckles. If you get a chance, go back and listen to uh, some of the previous episodes, if you haven't already. The Bedazzled Vase, Dear Bob and Annie, and Mama Taught Me to Work are just some of the best episodes from Amy and myself. So I want to also catch you up on what's been going on with me. Um, So now I have a three-dog household, and I know that's like way too much, right? Um, I love pets, and the thing is, I had Sadie, my Chihuahua Dotson mix, and she was all we had left after the death of another dog, and she's eight years old, and so I was like home free. You know, the potty training was over. She was so well behaved and um, no problems there, but then here I am feeling depressed over losing a pet, and she's lonely, so... We got Cooper, and then finally he's one-year-old, and we kind of got him to stop peeing on everything. And then all of a sudden, Josie comes to live with us out of the blue. And Josie is a full-blooded boxer. And so if you've never had a boxer or boxer puppy, I mean, they're a lot of fun. They just fall all over themselves, and they they have zero respect for your personal space whatsoever. Uh, And she's been... She's been quite the new friend, I have to say. Um, so not sure what I'm going to do about that. It costs me a lot of money when I travel somewhere to get somebody to sit with the dogs and take care of them. But uh, there's a lot of love and loyalty there. It kind of, you know, I think about pets. And when I was a kid growing up, I mean, we we lived way out in the country and uh, we didn't really have pets that came in the house. We called them yard dogs. And there was never a short supply because we fed any dog that came around. And you could just, over time, you could see a truck pull up down the road and throw a dog out because they knew at the Goodwin house that they the dogs were going to be fed and taken care of. So we, we collected a lot of pets, and then, of course, they reproduced uh, quite often. So we, we had a good five or six yard dogs at a time uh, when I was growing up. But never really a house dog until one day my mother brought home a poodle, a little white poodle that she named Heidi. And she got her when Heidi was about nine months old and Heidi wrapped every one of us around her paw. And she just really became part of the family. And in fact, it got to the point that Mama wouldn't ever leave Heidi at home by herself. She even hired a babysitter when I graduated from high school so that uh, she wouldn't be there alone. Prior to that, any time we went to town, well, Daddy had to go with us and sit in the van with Heidi or vice versa to uh, take care of the dog. So she really became like a human being. And that was really my first exposure to That And then I went for a really long time um, as an adult without having pets in the house just because I traveled so much and I didn't have a pet at all. Um, You know, when you're when you're traveling for business or you work all the time and you're single, uh, there's not really a lot of time to take care of an animal if you're never home. So I was probably uh, up in my 30s before I really ever got another pet. Uh, In the house, but I tell you, it it does change things for you because there's nothing like what a pet brings to your life. So the loyalty and the love and the unconditional love and, you know, you can get mad at them, but they rarely get mad at you. It's mostly just only love. So I know a lot of people who um, have pets and and love them dearly and they're just like family members and it breaks our hearts when we lose one. And uh, it's it's just a blessing from God to have those domesticated animals in our lives. So we all need that loyalty, uh, and we don't always find it in other humans. So let me see what else I want to see. I'll tell you a little bit about uh, my writing and what's been going on there. Um, first, I, I really have to say that a shout out to um, my very best childhood friend Sherry Johnson Morgan. Some of you may know her. I've spoken about her a little bit on previous podcasts, but Sherry is really my inspiration for writing because when I was a kid in school, I would write plays and short stories and things like that. And Sherry was, you know, always had her hand out. She just loves to read and she always wanted to read anything that I've written. And over the past few months, kind of in this depression and in my grief, I really haven't written much. I haven't Podcasted, I haven't written any short stories, I haven't worked on any more plays, haven't made any progress on my fourth book, and so Sherry talked to me about this, and she said, Look, just just write me something, write something that I can read and It really pricked my heart, you know, and it it made me realize that, hey, it doesn't matter if you've got ten thousand readers out there or if you just have one or five or 100 if somebody wants to read your work and you're a writer and you find good uh you find that to be good in your life and something that that fulfills you then you ought to do it and sherry's just always been the kind of person that lifts me um out of whatever mood that i'm in she's always got a way of lifting me up and praising me and um I think she probably puts me on a pedestal a little bit too much, but always a supporter for me. And uh, again, she's been talking to me about writing and getting back to it. So that encouragement is something that I've needed. I'll, I also have a great friend that's been on the show before, Dr. Stacy Averitt. She is a fellow author, and we get together once a month for what we call a writer's coffee break. And we talk about things that are swirling around in our heads. And we talk about our creativity and our inability to keep it in in a box at a time. You know, we're always outside, coloring outside the lines. And we've got this idea going in our head and that idea going in our head. And so it's always just kind of difficult to stay focused on, you know, one item at a time. So Stacy's going to be back on the show and we're going to be talking about some different things about uh, focus in your life, and about coming out of a depression, and uh, just really going after your dreams and the things that make you happy. I, I had a little meeting with a little coffee break with Stacy yesterday, and and I told her, you know, I don't write really for commercial success. God has blessed me so much with a great career. And financial success in that aspect. So I don't write books or plays or podcasts from necessarily for commercial success. If it comes, it comes. But if I'm the, if I'm the best, uh, undiscovered writer of all time, then that's perf- perfectly fine with me. I guess you would say that's probably my goal because the commercial success, it only comes for a select few. And if that's not me, then that's totally fine. Because, like I say, God has blessed me in so many other ways, and in a career where I have the ability to write on the side and do plays and those type things. So, uh, Stacy will be on the show soon, and she's got a lot of great things to share. Uh, in fact, she's got a book that's laying right here on my desk. You should check it out, especially um, if you like to read um, devotionals for women. It's called When Life Is Hard. Fifty reminders that God is near, and that's by Dr. Stacy Everett. Um, so, one thing that I that I wrote um, in the last couple of years that was a huge success um, around this area is called the Dixie Cafe, and I got this idea from an actor friend of mine who said to me, "You know, we we have so many actors here." around here, we should, you should write a play. You're such a talented writer. And maybe that should be a goal for you is to write a play. Well, most people write a book and then they adapt it um, into a play, but I did the exact opposite. I wrote the play first and, I, and I'll tell you why I love to create characters and base them on people that I know. And so that's what I did with the Dixie cafe. I put the word out and said, Hey, would you like to be in a play that I'm writing? Don't worry about what the role is. Just tell me if you'd like to be in it. And I had about 30 people respond. And so I wrote um, I wrote a, a play called The Dixie Cafe, and it had 30 characters in it, all based in this small town, uh, fictional town called Sawyer Lake, Alabama. And a tornado had recently hit the town and destroyed a lot of it but this little cafe the dixie cafe remained standing and became kind of the hub of the town and became sort of a a motivation for the town to rebuild and the characters uh it takes you through their emotions and their humor and it that we decided to put the play on locally and raise money for disaster relief because Jacksonville had also recently been hit by a tornado earlier that year. And so we ended up doing five shows for various charities. We raised over $7,500. All the proceeds from those plays um, went to charity. And So the play was such a success that I decided to sit down and make the play into a book. And so it became my third book, The Dixie Cafe, and it was released in 2020, right after the pandemic started. So I'm so grateful to the cast members of that play uh, because they, they helped me to develop these characters that ended up being in the book and being so successful. So because we did such a good job um, with the play and, and it was a success, I decided to um, write a, a second play and it's called A Walk on the Cape. And we started I wrote the play in late 2019 and we started rehearsing in 2020 and then all of a sudden the pandemic hit. And it halted everything we tried to rehearse throughout the summer and wear masks and all of those things. And it just it really just didn't make sense because we wouldn't be able to find a venue to put the play on. So we halted it. It's on a hiatus right now. But I I do hope this summer to get back to uh, a walk on the Cape. It's set in a, a luxury retirement village in a fictional town in Florida. And so you have all these retirees that have moved in and there's a lot of humor there. There's also a lot of heart and we kind of go through some of their ailments and some of their struggles, but it's actually a musical as well. There are several of the cast members who sing and so I'm excited about that. We hope to get back to that in the summer and then also it'll be raising money for charity as well. Um. Let's see. So I also want to tell you um, about the play Honeysuckles. So Amy, Amy Allen Kirk, who is my co-host on the show several times, she she and I talked about doing a play together and she wanted me to write something for her. So I wrote a play called Honeysuckles, and it's based on three female best friends, played by Amy Allen Kirk, Ellen Hurst, and Kay Cunningham. But with Amy's death, we we were not able to move forward um, with the production of that just yet. But, you know, I, I think about her life and about her influence on my life, and and I think that it is something that we will... End up doing and we'll just have to write it a different way to kind of honor Amy and honor Amy's character in the play. And that's what I hope to do for uh, that play. So I do have a lot of goals and with writing and a lot of things coming up, more podcast shows. I hope you'll take a listen to and enjoy and life's going to be okay. That's what I keep telling myself when the spring is here and it's time for renewal and a time to just get back and enjoy the things that we love. And I hope, I hope that you'll do the same. I hope that you'll find something that motivates you this spring to chase your dreams and uh, chase after the things that just make you happy, whether it's your kids' sports events or whether it's in the, finishing a senior year of high school and getting ready to go off to college or are just chasing an everyday dream that uh, to you is something really special. Now, now's the time, the renewal and, and to remember as Easter comes along, the sacrifice that Jesus made for us and that we can accomplish anything in life with his help. I think this is just a great season um, as Lent finishes up and we get to Easter that we remember those things. So I, ha- I do have a deep South tale for you. Um, and it's about uh, it's about a vehicle. Um, it's it's interesting how a lot of our childhood memories kind of circle around um, a, a particular vehicle that we owned. And my dad owned a white Ford Falcon van. I think it was probably uh, 1966 or 1967. It had two front seats that were red vinyl. It had a three on the column. Uh, Again, like I said, I think it was probably a 66 or 67. The motor was actually in between the two front seats. And, um, you know, it just had this little lever and the cover came up. And sometimes Daddy would have to choke it, you know, right there when he cranked it. Um, So that, that was interesting that the motor was between the two front seats. We, the van that we had, I think it must have been. Um, my dad must have used it as an old flower van when he was helping my aunt with her flower shop because there were zero seats in the back of that van. But mama came up with a great idea, so she put carpet in the back of the van and two couches and a big old chair. So we had two couches facing each other, just down one side of the windows and down the other side of the windows in that van carpet on the floor, and then a big chair at the back door. And that's how we rolled. So, uh, it was such a, I have such good memories of that van because we took it all over creation. Um, camping, going to Six Flags, I mean, you name it. And I, I can remember my baby sister always riding shotgun with my dad. She'd be up in the front seat sitting with her ankle over her other leg just to singing country music and her hair blowing in the wind. I'd be stretched out on one of the couches if we didn't have visitors, my notebook in my hand, writing stories and uh, just taking notes for, for something I was writing later. And Mama should be sitting over on the other couch holding the poodle. <laughs> uh, we took we'd take Granny uh, somewhere usually every Sunday in that van, mostly out to Tillison's, a little country store out in the out in the woods kind of, uh, and get some hand dipped ice cream. We love to do that on Sunday afternoons. Or we go to Momo's house in Ohatchi and have lunch with all the cousins there, and. Um, just drive that van everywhere. I had a, had an great aunt named Sadie Mae Floyd, Sadie Mae Ford, and she had two daughters that still lived with her uh, in their old age, and they were um, Ethel and Shirley. And so they loved to go look at cemeteries and put flowers on the graves, you know, of, their parents and grandparents and siblings that had passed, passed away. And so that was just kind of a really Southern thing to do. And I just have such great memories of that van. And it's, it's really amazing how your memories can kind of swirl around a family vehicle that you own. I'm curious if you've had any of the same, if if you have memories of an old vehicle that uh, was in your family and, so if you did, post it, post it on my Facebook page and uh, let me know about your your memories from an old vehicle and your family. Well, I think I've probably kept you long enough for this getting, getting back together. And uh, I appreciate you listening to the podcast. Appreciate your support. I hope you'll stay tuned this spring for new episodes from Stacy Averitt, uh, Richard Smith, Ellen and Kay, and much more. And some more podcasts from just me. Thanks again for listening to Deep South Humor and Heart.